fundraisers. I'm Don Lego, and it's time once again to buckle up for a new episode of Raise Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building those better tomorrows and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we're going to dive into lively conversations, chat with industry leading fundraisers and thought leaders, and we're going to explore hot button issues and innovative ideas. So please stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. Let's get going. I am super excited to talk to my next guest. Um, We are about six, eight months back in the ballroom, and no one will know the temperature better than um, Michael Green, auctioneer, who never leaves money on the table, right? I like that little qualifying tagline there. And um, I actually might even venture out to say auctioneer slash entertainer, but I'm going to let him introduce himself. This is part of our Raise Nation Radio, Raise Impact series, where we get to bring you the thought leaders that are in the trenches. Michael, welcome to Raise Nation Radio. How are you today? I'm doing great, Don. Thanks very much. And yes, in your intro, I have to tell you, I am a fearless fundraiser. Ah! And yes, I never leave money on the table. And today, what I'd love to talk about with you is actually what makes a great auctioneer, why you should engage a great auctioneer, as well as tips, tips to make sure that during your event, you are not leaving money on the table. Yeah, because that wouldn't be good, right? That's the whole purpose of the event. Well, exactly. I mean, you most probably organizations have sold their sponsorship tables, their sponsors into this and individual tickets. But it's often the day of revenue stream that is really going to make or break an event financially. Because sometimes events just about break even, um, which, you know, by the time you factor in, you know, all your expenses, you know, you you run that possibility. I would know because I do run a nonprofit um, with my daughter and um, her co-founder. My daughter started a nonprofit when she was 14. And in the early years, it was rough because we we almost broke even. The event looked great, looked like we made a lot of money, but sometimes we left the money on the table. So we're going to get get to those tips um, to avoid doing that. But I really want our community here at Raise Nation Radio to get to know you a little bit better. And I believe that you've been at this like, what, 30 crazy years? 30 crazy years, yes. Can you just give us the intro? Let us us into the world (laughs) of Michael Green. We want to get to know you better. Sure. So my background is in theater and (sighs) I have been really passionate throughout the years with helping nonprofits and charities raise money in a very unique way. Um, There are a lot of auctioneers out there that are really solid at what they do. I am a very non-traditional auctioneer. I am very theatrical, working the room, getting into the audience, really extracting as much money as possible while making them feel joyful about opening their wallets and purses. 
So I wasn't far off when I said auctioneer, but maybe auctioneer slash entertainer, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that the auction really should have an entertaining element. And what I really am is beyond an auctioneer, I am a day of revenue strategist. And I always start oh, out- wait, any- oh, wait, I love that. You're So to our community out there, you have to have that mindset, right? Think of your day of- Day of event revenue strategy strategist. Is that what you just said? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I so love that. They, yeah. So before I start, I really say whether it's from a silent auction, a live auction, a raise of cattle, how are we going to get to the number that we need? Because Don, what you were saying earlier, there are many events that are successful that don't make any money that are brand building. But I truly feel that for all the human and financial resources that go into creating an event, you want the event to be profitable. Profitable. You want to make money on the experience. Yeah, well, of course, we have, we have to build better tomorrows. We have a critical missions, important missions, and lots of work to do. That's the whole purpose um, of the event. Yeah. But it's so hard because there's a lot, there are lots of auctioneers in options, right? There, you know, you, you Google auctioneers in New York, right? That's where you're from, New York, right? We're neighbors. I'm from New York, but yeah. I travel around the country. We've got oh. drinks on the books, I think. I think we're having a drink together. Well, we, yeah, we, yeah. Well, we're so close, right? Um, <laughs> I'm right here in the Jersey Shore area. Everybody should know that. Well, I shouldn't say should know that, may know that by now. Um, so, if you Google like auctioneers in New York or just auctioneers in general, I think a lot comes up and I think the buzzwords are all there, you know, from website to website, from contact to contact. How, what, what should a nonprofit look for if we're thinking in terms of event day revenue and strategy for the event day revenue, you know, you have your pre, you might have your post because you can refer back to it, but that strategy of, I need to maximize the event, the the revenue that I'm getting in the next 24 hours. What am I looking for when I'm bringing in that strategist? Well, I think you're looking for, for starters, an auctioneer who is very, very much committed to your organization and understands your organization and is passionate about your organization. You're also looking for an auctioneer that has some basic knowledge of what's going to make a great auction. I did an event actually about a few weeks ago, and there was some pushback on the client because they wanted to keep the bar and food service going while the event was happening. I don't recommend that. Oh, really? Not at all. We want people to really be focused on the event. We want the food service to stop. We want the beverage service to stop. We want to raise the lights a little bit. So really the focus is on the matter at hand, that in these few minutes that we have for the live auction and the pledge, 
to really maximize that money. The other thing, depending on how large the event is, I strongly recommend to have a riser or a stage that the auctioneer can be very, very clearly seen. But often one of the things about an auction that is challenging is to get people's attention for this part of the program. So if you're having a DJ, for example, he or she can raise the music, make an announcement, bring the music down, then a stakeholder introduces the auctioneer, and then the auctioneer does his or her work. Um, I'm an auctioneer, as I said earlier, that is very theatrical, that is very passionate, and is very funny, or at least I try to be, um, and making sure that everything goes according to plan in terms of achieving our goals of raising the money that we have set as the goal. So I'm hearing some things that you might not have specifically spelled out, but that I'd, I think I'd like to bring out. You really want integration then between all the players at an event. So your DJ needs to not be in a silo by his or herself and just playing the music. Oh, you're doing this stage performance. Like, like there needs to be integration and consultation. Okay, great. I get it. We're here to make money. We're going to, the program is going to be from here to here. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to raise the music. Like I'm, I'm going, I'm going to help. And I, it sounds like there needs to be integration between catering and DJ and program and speakers and the organization to really make this be as impactful as it can be. And uh, agreed. Sounds, yeah. Agreed. And the other thing is that you can throw a great party. You can throw a great event, but don't apologize for stopping the food and beverage service, raising the lights, making sure the DJ is on, you know, on the same page. But I want to go back to what you were saying a moment ago, the idea of collaboration. And I think the collaboration is with many parties, but also it's with the auction platform that you're using the technology like your platform to make sure that everyone is on the same page. Everyone is on the same page from push messages to how this is going to work, whether people have a physical paddle or they're making pledges or bids on their phone, making sure that everyone everyone is on the same page. And I go back to, so we're not leaving money on the table. table. Yeah. That mindset. And I think it's also important to the guest mindset. Um, I've, I've actually heard nonprofits say, Oh gosh, you know, I hate to do the appeal. We hate to ask, but the purpose of the event, unless you've made a, you know, a stake in the ground that said, no, this is just going to be an awareness um, party. But if, if it is truly a fundraiser, then guests and donors and supporters need to understand, yeah, I'm here. I paid a ticket for sure. I want my meal and entertainment and alcohol for sure. But I am coming with the understanding that collectively this community is going to raise money because I'm being, I'm part of something a little bit greater than myself and we want to do some good in the world and be impactful. So I think mindset from supporters to donors, to sponsors, to auctioneer that we're in this to make money probably needs to come through 
and you know at, at every turn every door right so that we're not working against each other. We don't want donors and supporters and guests to think that, oh no, you're going to come, you're going to have fun, you're going to dance, and never mention the fact that this is a fundraiser. Agreed. I mean, I think with many events, and you know this from the nonprofit world and the world you live in with the nonprofit you work with now, you created, that generally the cost of admission, the ticket price, if we're lucky, will pay for all the costs that are incurred for the event. So it's really the day of revenue strategy and the day of revenue that is really going to make or break an event. Yeah. And I want to go back to something else you touched upon. The idea of the raise the paddle or the pledge. I strongly recommend to my clients that when it comes to raise the paddle or the pledge, before that happens, a stakeholder comes on stage. And I recommend that they start off by saying something like, thank you for being here, because the most precious and valuable thing on the planet is our time. And thank you for spending time with us. Now, here's the punchline. If we're able to raise an additional X amount of money, we will be able to do this. And I mention this, Don, because a lot of times people think that, oh, the money might go to a general fund, which sometimes it does. But basically, people know where their money is going, that for every $500, we can service one child. For $250, we can plant a tree. For $25,000, we can do this. The idea that people know where this money is going, I think will make more of an emotional impact and the nonprofit will get better results. Yeah, I love that formula. And it really is a formula, right? I mean, you have to... um have an upfront contract, you know, so to speak. Um, thank you know, gratitude is always great to, to to demonstrate, and and there is some thanks because they've given not just their the ticket money, but but their time. And to your point, what could be more valuable than time? I wish I had another eight hours in every day. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then and just setting the stage. It could be that simple. I think sometimes we get caught up in you you know bringing in clients that you might have served or, or, and, and videos. And, and I'm not saying that those things are not good, that of course they are, but a very simple, if you do nothing else, a very simple, thank you. This is what we're going to do. And on an, an upfront contract, and this is what we can do together. Almost that community building, which is absolutely a trend today in um, fundraising, creating that community feel, building a community, creating that a sense of I'm part of something right now in this moment, I'm part of something greater than myself. Um, and we have just, you know, little sidebar, we have some upcoming webinars on that. So make sure you check it, check it out at onecause.com because we're going to talk a lot about a uh, community, but b- basically that's what you're doing, Michael, when you're on the stage, you're saying, okay, people, we, we have a job to do, right. We want to, you know, clean up the beaches or send 10 kids to camp or save you know, animals, uh, this, this is, this is our job right now. We need this to do it. 
let's do it together. You're building a community right there in front of everybody on stage. Um, Do you feel that way too? I do. And I also want to talk about building a community goes with the whole event as well. As an auctioneer, and by the way, my website is michaelgreenauctions.com. There's the plug. There you <laughs> go. Oh, God. After talking to you, I'm sure we're <laughs> going to need to know that. Absolutely. Um, but a lot of times I am not brought into the event conversation Bingo. with one cause. I'm not brought into the event to see a run of show beforehand. And this really is a performance. The whole event is really, in my mind, an orchestrated performance that everything should be accounted for in terms of what is going to happen when. And I think all the players from the auctioneer to the DJ to the caterer, Everyone needs to work in collaboration and frankly, be on the same page. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I think I was going to go there next and you you just beat me to the punchline. Um, As an auctioneer, how, how do you value being involved early in the planning stage, whether it's with the AV, the technology company, this fundraising software, just the 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 overall storyboarding and you want to be involved and and you believe that that's a critical part of your service? Dawn, I'm very blessed that today at 11 o'clock Eastern time, I'm going on a site inspection with a client who is planning their annual event. She is planning her annual event and she is bringing me in, thankfully. And you're going. And I'm going very early on the process. I am not a clock watcher. I like to be as involved as possible. And when I was engaged for this event and I heard that there was a new space, I said, I need to be in this and I want to be in this from the beginning. So I'm doing a site inspection to get an idea as to how the layout's gonna look like, where the stage is going to be and start talking about the event flow. Michael Green, I have been in fundraising for a good 15 years not only working for one cause, but also running my own, you know, nonprofit events. I have never heard, this is the first time that I've ever heard the auctioneer going on the site visit. I mean, maybe there's others out there. So if there are, I apologize, but this is the first time that I've heard that. So I applaud you because you're really integrated and have, you're not, you're not going into the day of like, okay, where's the stage and you know, what mission is this? And you're, you're really prepared. You did your homework. Yeah. And frankly, it's not only because I'm a professional, but I'm invested in the cause that I'm part of. And actually, most causes that I work with, most nonprofits that I work with, where possible, I like to see the program in action, whether I'm working with a program. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, for example, today's uh, uh, site inspection is for an organization called Hearts of Gold. And I have been to many of their events, establishing relationships, getting to know, have a clear sense as to what they do. What is their mission? Just their mission is that they actually give women tools, educational tools, as well as um, practical 
fashion tools, clothes, so when they're going out for their first interview that they can, for disenfranchised people who might not have the money, Hearts of Gold is a great resource for them. Wow. Big shout out then to Hearts of Gold, um, not only for their mission and how they're empowering women um, in their firsts, uh, perhaps in in that next um, being independent and career-minded move, um, but also doing it right, bringing in Michael Green early in the game, <laughs> you know, to, to do it right. So I want to shift gears a little bit because I'm getting it now. Integration, complete collaboration, um, thinking, changing mindsets, thinking of your day of, you know, revenue strategy, all good stuff. But can we go into what is it like right now? What It's been about six, eight months, I would say, that we're a little bit more solid back to the ballroom in person. What's different? What's changed? And like loaded questions. I'm firing off some really big questions. What's different? What's changed? And what did we learn from the past two years that we're implementing um, today now that we're Oh, COVID is in the, hopefully the rear view mirror. Well, I will start off by saying I did my first in-person event about a year ago. Okay. And about 300 people were brought together. And I have to tell you, Dawn, it what a was moment. very, very emotional. I'm sure. I got oh, up gosh. on stage and was very teary and people dug deep into their pockets. They were so excited to be back there. It was for a children's school and we raised a tremendous amount of money. I think that people are very excited to be back together now that COVID for the most part is in our rear view mirror. But I will also say that there are certain events that I'm working on where the events are hybrid. So basically they have the opportunity beyond people who might not wanna come out because of time, location, COVID, whatever that is, for them to still be part of this event and still pledge and still make an impact. Whether it's we send them a package of some food and drink beforehand so they can be part of the experience or they just can sign on during the live auction and pledge moment. I think that the idea of having a hybrid event can be very, very powerful. But to go back to what you asked. I think that the world has changed. What I've seen over the last few years, especially using your technology, is that how technology, whether in-person, virtual, or hybrid, can really contribute and increase revenue. It works. I'm so glad to hear you say that because we wouldn't want to be developing or innovating software that didn't work. Truly, that's what what we do, too. We don't like to see money left on the table, you know, just like you. Same mindset. So that's why we do what we do here. So um, we have mutual respect for each other. Um, Let's flip over to the hybrid. How? Well, here's my first question. Do you think hybrid's here to stay, your gut feeling? I mean, do you feel that it's just a now thing because out of respect to what's happened the last two years and and trying to be as inclusive as possible and it's going to eventually just fizz, fizzle out year to year? Or do you think it's a forever, forever green? We're always going to see hybrid. What do you think? Just your gut. I'm, ho- I'm hoping 
that hybrid stays. And here's why. Because you can attract an audience that might not be in your backyard. You might attract people from around the country or around the world that can be part of your event that can be invested in your organization. So I'm hoping that hybrid is here to stay because if let's say a couple who lives in the vicinity of where an event is happening, that they can't attend for whatever reason, maybe they couldn't get a babysitter, they could still sign on and be part of this event and participate in the silent auction, participate in the live auction and in participate in the pledge. Yeah. And you're very right about that because my husband and I are raising a son with special needs who goes to a um, special school and they do have their gala every year and we can't really go. We don't have uh, support, you know, to, for somebody to um, care for our son so that we could enjoy, you know, a night, a night out. And, um, but I would love to participate. And this is an, an organization that, doesn't have that, that option. Um, and that came out bad. I don't want to be, I don't want to be pouty on, on this, the school that my son goes to because it's a wonderful school and they do everything right in, in progressing and advancing him. But this one fundraising event, I would love to participate in, and I just can't. So there's a lot to be said about that, but how difficult is it for you as the auctioneer, knowing that you have three, four, five, 600 people in the room, maybe a thousand, but that you also have remote audiences and how do you engage both of them? I mean, it's hard. Let's, let's be honest. It is hard. It is hard. And I think part of this is really all about the AV is that we need to have the technology that for the people who are participating remotely hybrid event is that they feel that they are truly part of this experience. And I think that's really important. I was doing an event in Atlanta not too long ago, and we did hybrid event very successfully because we had the AV. Yeah, so again, every every player coming to the table, um, but it's a lot for an organization too, to, it's almost like running two different events. And, um, of course, ROI is everything. We're talking about raising as much as you can. So um, very complex or or intricate AV, of course, then you're escalating prices. But if you have a day of event strategy, then you wouldn't have to worry about it. Or if you had Michael Green, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> That's very sweet. That's very yeah. sweet for you to say. Thank you. Yeah. But so, these are these are all things to your point. It's like we have to think about the ROI. We have to think of the cost benefit analysis of doing a hybrid event. You know, during COVID, I was doing a lot of virtual events and they were successful. But frankly, frankly, nothing is as successful as an in-person event, people coming together, people being touched by the stories that are told throughout the night, by being around like-minded people who care about the organization, who are invested in the organization. I think that's really important. And I wanna go back to something else we were talking about earlier. How important the pledge or raise a paddle moment is. This can really make or break an event. 
I was blessed to do an event several years ago for Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital for their kidney um, research. And we raised through the pledge $401,000 in 10 minutes. And it was because Whoa, of- $401,000 yeah, in 10 in minutes. 10 and minutes, I like the way yes. you broke that down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that was that was clever well, math there. It was and it was very emotional for me. and It was a huge win. We did have the money in the room, but we also had the auction technology and we had a really great setup, layout, layout that I could really work the room and go over to different people. We had about a thousand people in attendance and it worked really well. But when it comes to the play, Dawn, I think, frankly, first off, you need a plant in the room to start off. We need to know that someone has committed to $25,000, $10,000, $5,000. And then I would go down to different price levels to as low as $50, which is what I call babysitting money. So if you've got a thousand people in a room, everyone pushing a button on your software for 50 bucks, we've raised $50 thousand dollars right there right there easy yeah easy well i'm gonna go there i wasn't going to go there but you've mentioned technology a couple of times and i know that um, in your profession the the mindset about technology it, it runs the gamut to you know I'm not going to use technology because that's replacing me and 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 it, it doesn't work or I love it because um, it brings in more audiences or makes it easy or or it sounds like you're in favor of um, and we didn't talk about any of this. Right. So you have to attest or it, back me up here. Um, we didn't we didn't review questions. We I said, we're just going to get on and we're just going to talk and we're going to just, you know, tell it like it is. So this wasn't prepared. How do you feel about technology? How do you use it? How does it help you? Well, I love it for many different reasons. Number one, data capture for the organization. Number two, generally having people fill out their credit card information in advance makes collecting money a lot simpler rather than tracking down money afterwards. Also push notifications, letting people know what's going to happen when, alerting them, reminding them that the silent auction is gonna close at this time. I love it. And I think in collaboration with the event organizers, the event and the auctioneer, I think it can make a heck of a difference. So nothing to be you don't feel ever that you were being replaced by technology. No, not at all. Not wow. At all. That's fantastic. I think it's sort of like a supporting prop for me. I love ah, it. It's a prop. There we go. A supporting prop. I love that. I just love how you uh, reframe things. It really, it really makes you makes you think. So, what do you what what should a nonprofit ask? So, so they find you on michaelgreen.com, right? That's how we get to you, michaelgreen.com. Yes, michaelgreen.com. What happens com. from there? Do, do you have a consultation? Like, what what we have a what should happen? We have a conversation. We have a consultation. We have a conversation. Yes. What should nonprofits ask you? 
when they're interviewing you for the job? They should ask for the work that I've done in the past. They should ask for references. They should ask for some of my success stories, some tips and tricks. And actually, if you go to my auction website, michaelgreenauctions.com, there are insights and articles that people can read. Oh, wait a minute. Did I get that wrong? Is it michaelgreen.com or Michael Green It's michaelgreenauctions.com. michaelgreenauctions.com. I left out the auction. Sorry about that. No worries. No worries. And by the way, I apologize for the sounds in the background. No, please. Here. We um, will say hi. Shout out. Who, who, who's... <laughs> it's yeah. one of my work colleagues who's on the oh, call. That, you know what? That's um, what I love about Ray's Nation. It's, it's just not, it's unscripted. It's authentic. Okay. And there's, you know, puppies walking in and babies walking in and colleagues walking in and it, and it's all good. It makes but Don, us here's no- what I can tell you. Here's yeah. what I can tell you. And this was not scripted. This was not planned. And a few things I will say. Number sure. one, a great auctioneer can make or break your day of revenue. And for people to invest in this, I think is really, really important. I have a very unique financial model where I charge a fee for my services, but on the back end, I donate a very valuable live auction item, a wine tasting for 12 people. You do? You don't you donate? So you come come with live auction items? Wait a minute. Yes, because actually- You come with live auction items. Because when I'm not an auctioneer, I am a pretty celebrated, pretty famous wine expert. You are. So to offset my fee, I donate this wine tasting. But I want to say a few things. Number one, so that's my financial model. So really people hire me with ultimately there's no cost. They're generally making money on what I'm offering. Michael Green, that is brilliant. You come well, with auction items. That's I amazing. I come with auction items. Yes, I come with myself as an auction item. So, but the other thing, Donna, I want to say um, is I love your technology. And Aww. beyond loving your technology, I love the support that your team offers, whether on people, you know, whether people want your team on site or not. I love it. I love it. Oh, that, and you it know what? Real- and you're in the New York area. So big shout out to the New York um, field team. Um, Sarah Brown is out there and lots of great play people and our event managers. So hopefully if they're hearing this, they come up to see you and shake hands at the next event. That's very nice of you to say. Well, it's it's true. It's true. And I really appreciate you having me on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I can't believe we've spoken to um, 30 minutes already that flew by. We could probably go on and on and on, but I want to respect your time. And I know that you have a site visit. So let me go back to our audience and fearless fundraisers. That's about all we have time for today, but thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for a new episode released every Thursday at 1230 PM. That's Thursdays, 
12.30 p.m. And in the meantime, listen to all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio. Follow the channel that you like best. We stream on 11 channels. And that's the way you can get notifications about all our new guests, just like Michael Green. Fundraisers are doing amazing things to build better tomorrows for our communities. The stories that we bring on Raise Nation Radio are awe-inspiring. You won't want to miss a single episode. I would like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. Be sure to check onecause.com. Be sure to check it out and visit the resource tab on the homepage for a broad catalog of webinars and eBooks and blogs and infographics that you'll find helpful. A huge shout out and thanks to my guest, auctioneer, day of revenue strategist and entertainer, um, Michael Green. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for chatting with us today, sharing your authentic uh, voice. Um, Any last words of inspiration for our audience? Be a fearless fundraiser. <laughs> be, you said it before, oh Don, but I've got to say it again. Be a fearless fundraiser because you know something? I'm a fearless fundraiser and you can be one too. <laughs> and don't leave any money on the table. We'll make sure <laughs> right now you check out Michael Green. That's michaelgreenauctions.com. We're going to let him go so that he can hit um, his site visit and uh, help was it hearts of gold uh, hearts so of gold good luck to them as well and uh that is all for today thank you so much that is a wrap until next time i'm don lego and this is raise nation radio stay fearless out there 